Welcome to Salam Pages, where we read the opening pages of books written by Muslim authors. Narrated by Samia. This is a place of refuge, written by Asma Hussein. I am here. The dreaded middle seat. I sat stiffly on my plane riding to Jeddah, arms glued to my sides. If I had leaned a centimeter too far right or left, I'd be rubbing shoulders with either an old Palestinian woman or a young Nigerian man. The irony of my caution, of course, would become apparent when I made my first ever tawaf and realized it was impossible not to rub shoulders with countless pilgrims, both men and women, performing the same act of worship. For the first time in my life, I was going to Mecca. I would see the Kaaba I had been facing in prayer my whole life. I would walk on the same ground as a messenger وسلم, and his companions. I would witness the place in which the roots of our faith first took hold, with Ibrahim, Ismail, and Hajar, then with Prophet Muhammad. Peace and blessings upon them all. As we got closer to our arrival in Jeddah, our group leader stood up on the plane and instructed us to verbalize our intentions to perform Umrah before passing the Miqat. Once the intention had been spoken, we would officially be in a state of ihram. I whispered the intention to myself. Labaik Allahumma Umrah. Oh Allah, I intend to perform Umrah. My Hajj intention would be stated at a later time. Once we had passed over the Miqat, the voices of hundreds of men and women from so many different countries around the world began chanting the same Talbiyah. Their airplane resonated with their beautiful words. Here I am, O oh Allah, here I am. Here I am. You have no partner, here I am. Surely all praise, favor, and authority belong to you. You have no partner. I quietly recited with them, absorbed in my own thoughts. I had received my Hajj visa mere days before my travel date. Up until then, I wasn't sure if my incomplete documents were sufficient for a visa. My Hajj group said they'd try their best to push my application through, but there was no guarantee I'd make the cut. It was at the discretion of the Saudi Arabian embassy. I spent weeks impatiently waiting to hear the news. I obsessively checked my phone for email notifications. I typed impatient follow-up messages to the group organizers only to delete them before sending them. I kept myself occupied with whatever writing and editing work I could get my hands on. I packed my suitcase half-heartedly, knowing full well that my visa might not be issued at all. Would I use the unscented soaps and shampoos I had brought for when I would be in a state of ihram? Would I get the chance to wear the light cotton abayas I had gotten sewn by a local seamstress? What would happen to the Costco-sized box of energy bars or pack of electrolyte tablets I bought to stay energized and hydrated in the Mecca heat? I folded and sorted and stuffed them all into my one suitcase, all while not knowing the answer. I asked Allah to make it easy and facilitate this journey, all the while mentally preparing myself to face disappointment if I didn't end up traveling. About a week before the travel date, I had just finished praying Fajr. I was still sitting on my prayer mat when I heard the familiar ping of my phone. A message. I reached for my phone and saw a one-line message from a group organizer. Your du'as have been answered. Your Hajj visa has been issued. Mabruk. It was truly happening. I immediately fell into a prostration of gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For a long time before this moment, I had raised my hands to Allah asking him for the opportunity to visit the blessed cities of Mecca and Medina. At 27 years old, I had suddenly been widowed. Emerging from that pain felt nearly impossible at the time. I believed that performing Hajj might be a part of my healing process. Years had passed since then, though, and I witnessed so many friends and family members make the journey while I remained at home. 
Going for Hajj felt so out of reach that it eventually fell off my radar. I hadn't made dua for it for a very, very long time. But for some reasons beyond my knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had destined this 2019 Hajj for me. He never forgot my desire to visit the holy cities, even though that yearning within me had been muted by the noise of life. He never forgot the words I uttered into my open palms in the middle of my most difficult moments of grief. And never is your Lord forgetful. Maryam, chapter 19, ayah 64. When I finally received my passport with the visa attached to the back cover, I stared hard at it for a minute or two. I ran my hand over the adhesive square sheet that had my photo and personal information typed on it. Issued by the Saudi mission in Ottawa, it said at the top. This was it. This would grant me entry into Saudi Arabia. What once felt impossible, Allah had made easy. As I sat and recited the talbiyah on the airplane, I couldn't help but be amazed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had brought me here. My voice was united in recitation with people from across the globe, all of them traveling to this blessed land for the same reason as me. Every one of us was chosen by Him to make this journey at this particular time. My statement to God, I am here, was so simple, yet I was aware that it held the apex of my very purpose of existing. I left everything behind so that I could come here. I pressed pause on my business. I paid off my outstanding debts. I wrote a document for my family with all my email and bank account passwords. I wrote my will. I left my sweet 60-year-old daughter with my family. I hugged her tight before I left and whispered into her ear, I'll see you soon, inshallah. Then I walked out of my normal life, saying to Allah, here I am. Here I am, leaving behind all the blessings that I enjoy and love to serve you and to acknowledge your oneness, to fulfill the pillar of Hajj as you have commanded of me. Here I am, not knowing if I will return to my business, my wealth, my family, or my child, who is dearer to me than my own self. Here I am, acknowledging that everything in this world will be left behind when my soul is taken, and it rises to meet you. Here I am, without anything or anyone to hide behind, bearing my troubled and sinful soul to you, the most forgiving. I cried in the midst of reciting those words. Before this, I had written so many articles and social media posts about prioritizing the worship of God above all else. But in this singular moment, and perhaps for the first time ever, I finally understood what it meant to shed the dunya in favor of the hereafter. Every person on that airplane and every one of the millions of people who came for Hajj left something or someone they loved behind. Their journeys were made in anticipation of receiving something better and more beloved. Allah's forgiveness and acceptance. In the years that led up to this moment, friends and loved ones, and sometimes even strangers, would consistently say to me, Allah will replace what you lost with something better. They were referring to the verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises, If Allah knows any good in your hearts, He will give you something better than what was taken from you, and He will forgive you. And Allah is forgiving and merciful. Al-Anfal, Chapter 8, Ayah 70 Although the statement is absolutely beautiful, whenever I heard or read it, I would flinch because I knew it was being said to me specifically in the context of finding a new husband after my Amr passed away. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear that my husband, to whom I had gifted all my love, was going to be replaced by someone better. It made my heart hurt. It even made me angry. The worst part is that I began to dislike hearing the statement. I would gloss over it whenever I read it, not because I didn't believe it, but because it was so often used to nudge me towards a path I wasn't ready to take. Sitting on that airplane to Jeddah, 
I looked back on the past few years of my life and took stock of all the incredible things that had happened to me. I had started a publishing company from scratch. My books were in thousands of homes throughout the world. I had traveled across North America to give speeches and meet my readers. I had been given the strength and patience to raise an incredibly energetic and opinionated child on my own. In the midst of tending to my broken heart and walking in the shadow of my grief, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was quietly replacing what I had lost with something better. He was giving me the opportunity to live for a greater purpose than just my own life. He was showing me how to turn to Him in my brokenness and find gratitude even in pain. As though it were a culmination of all the blessings I had experienced, I was now on my way to perform Hajj. What I wanted most was simply to lay my eyes on the Kaaba, the structure I'd face whenever I raised my hands to God in moments of great loneliness. I wanted to feel like I was more than just an individual wandering this life alone. I wanted to feel like I was a part of innumerable generations of believers who had come here to declare their worship of and belief in one God. On that airplane, I reclaimed the statement, Allah will replace what you lost with something better, because I saw how it manifested itself so beautifully in my life, even without my husband being physically replaced. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises to replace what we lose with what is better, the breadth and richness of that promise is so much greater than what we can imagine. Yes, He may replace our losses with tangible material things or people, but He might also replace our losses with a desire to be close to Him, to leave a greater legacy behind, to gather people and encourage them on this path of worship. If we are among the few who are grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who worship Him regardless of circumstance, then He has already replaced anything we could possibly lose with something better. May Allah make us among those few. When the plane finally landed, we all stepped out into the dry Jeddah heat. Ego pilgrims rushed about, yelling instructions to their travel groups and then clamoring past one another for spots on the buses to the terminal. In the middle of the storm of people around me, I was quiet and my heart focused. I was already thinking of what was to come. I am here, I whispered to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that tarmac. I am here and I'm ready for the beautiful things that are about to come my way by your will. Do you want me to feature your book at the Salam Pages podcast? Then please write me at readmybook at sunnaliving.com. If you love my narration, then please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Salam Pages.